Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, back at it again. Today's show brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com. Get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. It's been kind of a disjointed week. Uh, I, I've had a little bit more responsibility with the daily show that I do, so Bo's kind of been taking the reins this week. I'm sorry for the inferior product, but you know, at least we get a podcast out every day. Um, Bo, I'll tell you what. Since you've left, the weather has been immaculate. For those that don't know, this is the time of year where Arizona just takes a steamy dump on itself, and it's 110 degrees, but it has been 75 degrees and beautiful pretty much since Bo's left. So maybe we found out the uh, time-space continuum regarding global warming, Bo Brock. Yeah, well, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I think the correct way to put this week is that you've been overwhelmed and you just can't keep up. And uh, you know what? We're, we're pulling for you, man. Uh, anytime we can get you back on the podcast, that's, that's fine. That's fine. You know, it's, it's, a good, uh, it's good to get a, maybe a contrarian perspective. Oh, sweet mother. Yeah, it's good to be back. So, Bo... Did a a very good podcast yesterday, and I'm going to let him kind of tee this up for what he talked about yesterday, and we will uh, expound upon it now. So, Bo, why don't you just take the reins? So, we dove into ESPN.com's fantasy football projections for Kyler Murray yesterday, and to be honest with you, I thought that they were pretty nice. You know, if you would take the numbers that they're projecting for Kyler Murray in his rookie season, especially what you received from Josh Rosen in his rookie campaign, and then today, I think it'd be important to look into their key offensive players because fantasy football is, is mostly an offensive game. And then also look at where their defense stacks up, also play a pair of their special teamers. But, uh, Alex, I don't know if you saw it, but the Kyler Murray projections, and you tell me how you feel about these numbers uh, before we get into the other players in this Cardinals offense, is Kyler Murray passing for over 3,600 yards, throwing for 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and then rushing the football over 100 times for 577 yards and three more scores. What do you think about those numbers? Well, the first one that sticks out and the one that everybody's going to look at, especially those that are tied to the tied to the situation, that's a lot of rushing yards for a quarterback. It just is. I mean, Russell Wilson seems to make it effortless when he – you look at the box where he's, he got, man, four carries for 63 yards? When did that happen? You know, a lot of it's scramble, a lot of it's, you know, third and longs to gain more yards and potentially sneak in for a first down. Cam Newton, too. That is a lot of rushing yards, Bo. So, I, I mean, 100 yeah. times, that's a lot. I think that's a little bit ballooned more than what Cliff Kingsbury is going to want and what Steve Kime and Michael Biddle are going to want for their star quarterback to be put into the – the lion's den without any sort of protection, really. So was that, for you, was that pretty spot on? I thought it was, I mean, when you look at what Lamar Jackson did and his carries were off the charts. And if he, if, yeah, if he broke Murray records last him, year. Yeah, I mean, he carried the ball one time, 27 totes in a game for the Ravens. That, that would be absurd for the Arizona Cardinals. But given their offensive line, if there isn't any improvement, Murray's going to be continually you know, rush outside the pocket, it's possible we could see him rush the football that many times. But, you know, you look at Lamar Jackson, and he's not necessarily the baseline. He's kind of the exception. But he's a guy that rushed the football 140-plus times for 695 yards. I just I don't know if you'll see that. I think you're going to see an absolutely a different offense tailored around a guy like Kyler Murray. But that would be just 
that's the edge right there. And when you look at the – guess who – I mean, Kyler Murray was 14th, and this is fantasy points now. Keep that in mind. This is not, you know, actually uh, really affecting the game. But Kyler Murray, guess which player is at, at 15 below Kyler Murray at 14? Guess which player? Oh. And this is quarterback. This is just quarterback. Oh, man. I don't know. Ben Roethlisberger. Close. I mean, it's it's another legendary. It's Tom Brady. Oh, I was going to that was I was going to say that first. Damn it. <laughs> Tom Brady is is rated below Kyler Murray in fantasy projections, but it's because of those rushing yards, and that's the dynamic that you're adding to this offense. That's why you chose to move forward with Kyler Murray and pass on a sophomore season for Josh Rosen is because of the elite athleticism, his ability. You've mentioned he can almost all be his own offensive lineman by getting out of the pocket and making things happen with his legs, and that equals a lot of fantasy football points. But the thing I was pleasantly surprised with is the passing yards, 3,600 yards, 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. When you looked at Josh Rosen's year last year, he was a guy that finished with less touchdown passes than he did interceptions. I mean, it was close. What was it, like 11 to 13? Uh, it wasn't good. Passes, 11 to 14. And the numbers that they're projecting for Kyler Murray are probably pretty similar. The rush yards are probably higher than what were projected for a guy like uh, Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield, of course, exceeded those expectations. He threw for a rookie record touchdown passes, which is, you know, I don't, I don't expect that from a guy like, like Kyler Murray. But just to look at a baseline of what people are expecting, especially from a national perspective, uh, it, it's it's refreshing. Baker Mayfield threw for 27 touchdowns last season and 14 picks. When you look at the stat line, 22 and 13, that's projected for Kyler Murray. That's that's a nice little stat line. And then if you to boot, you put on the uh, the rush yards. That's just going to be another X factor for Kyler Murray. It's exciting. And uh, some other refreshing numbers are being projected from ESPN for some big time Cardinals players uh, who are part of this offense. Yeah, and listen, uh, so that's about 230 yards a game is what Kyler Murray's projected to throw for. And listen, in, in this day and age, that's not much. So that's good. I mean, I, I feel that when you can get almost a 2-1 to one touchdown-to-interception ratio, especially as a rookie, because that's the one year where if you throw 18 picks, it's like, okay, you know, a couple of them probably tip balls. We'll see how many tip balls are tipped at the line from him. I feel like we'll know within the first couple of weeks if that's going to be an issue or not. I mean, because that's one of the major bugaboos that people uh, were looking at not named the Cardinals, teams not named the Cardinals, that didn't want to move up to draft Kyler Murray because of his height. So we'll see that pretty much right away. Uh, overall, fine. You know, you take it. You, you take it. It's And Baker Mayfield's numbers last year, he had a couple monster games. A couple absolute monster games. And a couple not-so-great games. So they kind of evened out where his numbers looked a lot better than he did on the field throughout the course of the season. I mean, you go to the Raiders overtime game where I think almost 100 points were scored total. I think it was in the 90s. He blew the roof off that game, which, you know, and he didn't, he didn't have, he had a couple not so great games. So uh, if that's, if that's the moniker and if that's around where Kyler Murray is going to be, you know, you'll take it, especially that win total is something you'll take. So on the other side, we're going to talk about some holes that the Cardinals still need to fill. Gerald McCoy's name came up. Bo did a great podcast a few days ago about if he would be a good fit for the Cardinals. The money is not going to be there, so spoiler alert, that's probably not going to happen, even though he would be perfection 
for you know just shoring up this defensive front seven. Alex Lancy Bobrock, we'll be right back. Welcome back, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you for reaching out to us on Twitter. We love it. Ask us questions. Uh, tell us we're right. Tell us we're wrong. Uh, Bo loves hearing when he's wrong, and it happens a lot. So please fill that quota for him. Damn it, he wants to know. He wa- he he has this, this self-deprecating thing. I've been trying to talk to him off you know off the ledge about it a little oh, bit, man. but he loves hearing about it. So I'm not even going to let him respond with it. So Gerald McCoy is getting a lot of traction. Obviously, he's still one of the top interior defensive linemen in the league. He the price point that Tampa Bay was going to have to pay him, I believe it was 13 million a year. They didn't want to pay him. They went and signed Dominican Sue for a one-year 9.5 million dollar deal. The Colts are linked. The Browns are linked. The Bengals are linked. The Cardinals are not linked. So, Bo, at this point, what do you think the Cardinals need to do to go to sure up this this team with holes that they still need filled? Well, it looks like Steve Kime is just kind of going back to his old ways, and it's fine because they had a pretty successful NFL draft. I thought that they infused this roster with some great young talent. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, probably a place where they continue maybe next draft is where they can kind of start to look at the defensive side of the ball and the offensive line as well. But they're going to go, you know, just try to flood the position with numbers. And yesterday, they, or I'm sorry, the day before, they signed a guy, Terrell McClain, who played for the Atlanta Falcons, kind of been a journeyman across the defensive line in the NFL. And McClain is, is just one of those guys that you can plug in. You're not going to expect big things from him. But he's going to be a guy that's going to compete with Rodney Gunter. Uh, we don't know. We still really don't know what Robert Kambichi's availability is going to be next season, Corey Peters. So they're really looking for the bargain bin um, guys across that defensive line. So they're just going to try to infuse it with a bunch of guys and see who comes out with a starting position. You know, does that bode well for wins and losses? No, it doesn't. Uh, does it bode well for finding a guy who could be serviceable and play each and every week? Fine, yeah. Um, but that's the reality of where this team was after the 2018 season, right? They went 3-13. and This was an incredibly flawed roster, and you couldn't address every single position that you had of need this offseason. It, it would be nearly impossible with where your cap restrictions are and how, how many draft picks you are and really which direction you want to go. It was clear that they wanted to fix this offense first, and this defensive line is kind of that one thing that's left really in need after this offseason, I think. So as far as what they can do for the 2019 season, I think that their options are limited. And you're probably going to see some guys that you've heard of before, but uh, our, their impact is going to be minimal. Alex Clancy, Bill Brock, Locked on Cardinals. I, I mean, I agree. I agree. I, I still think that they can bring in a veteran wide receiver. I know I've harped on that forever, but there's some out there. Like, and the name I bring up as kind of the – I don't know, the uh, just the baseline test for the average wide receiver that's out there is Jermaine Curse. Okay, it's just a name. He's had Super Bowl experience. He made the, He's made some ridiculous catches. He had uh, flashes of success with the Jets, with Josh McCown, and somebody like that, just a veteran presence not named Larry Fitzgerald. I think that it's necessary. Sign him on a one-year, $3 million deal. You know, somebody that, and this is, you're right, as, as we're Steve Kime, we get closer to, like, real OTAs and preseason training camp. Guys are going to need jobs, and they will take less money to come play. Somebody like that 
in my opinion, is still necessary on the offensive side. And if you can bring in an offensive lineman that doesn't have a job yet, at this point, it's just hope that one works. Hope that the holes can be filled and hope that these guys can work in synchronicity together and keep your star quarterback healthy. Yeah, I, I just don't I don't know if I necessarily agree with the wide receiver position. I mean I I don't wanna see guys like you that you utilize the pretty high draft pick on in the second round, the fourth round, and Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler give way to a guy who's at the end of his career. As much as I think if the Cardinals were gonna be in contention, if they were gonna be vying for the NFC West, sure I would say Jermaine Curse would be a great uh would it be a great addition. But I would much rather see Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler be out there get more a higher percentage of the snap count than say a guy like Jermaine Curse. I just when you look at the Christian Kirk coming back for his second season, we talked about the projections. He's expected to see his numbers increase, be right around 50 plus receptions, 721 yards, three touchdowns. That would be key for Christian Kirk to take that jump. Of course, Larry Fitzgerald should be in line for another season like he had last year. But then, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Isabella and Butler, and I, I said earlier this week, I think Butler has the edge to have the biggest impact this season just because of his freakish size yeah. and athleticism and his ability to kind of beat that outside receiver that the Cardinals have lacked the last couple of seasons. Uh, I think Butler's going to have a bigger impact. According to projections, he's going to be uh, less than Isabella. Isabella's supposed to have a Christian Kirk-type rookie season over 500 yards, three touchdowns, where Butler's just right behind that, around 460 yards, three touchdowns. I, I, I would much rather see those get some guys get some run and then a guy like Kevin White get an opportunity to maybe show that he's not as big of a bust that everybody thinks he is. Alex Lancey, Bo Brock, follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Today's show brought to you by Grip6, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that's ever been made. Grip6 is an easy, thoughtful gift for dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas, and even moms and wives. See our women's collection for that, or their women's collection. Uh, ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it carries a low profile with a buckle laying flat against the waist, making the belt super comfortable. Grip6 is the only belt with no holes, no flap, and no bulk. So that's what separates them. Grip6 has a special offer for you. Go to grip6.com slash lock with an E. That's L-O-C-K-E. On the other side, who's a better beer chugger between me and Bo? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Uh, We'll talk about it next, Locked on Cardinals. Wrap it up here, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Oh, man, it feels good to be back, Bo. Tell you what, it's been been a hellacious week, which is, I mean, that means fun. Just a... Just a lot of moving parts early in the morning. A lot of timing out, you know, uh, times to make sure the clock is right. For those that don't know radio, I apologize. That was just a little jargon for you. Um, Last night in the Milwaukee Bucks-Toronto Raptors matchup, the who's going to lose to the Warriors Bowl, um, (laughs) David Bakhtiari, again, offensive lineman for the Green Bay Packers, Showed on showed a chugging display of beer that, you know, would make Tom Brady blush. Uh, for those that don't know, Tom Brady is is the mecca. He is the ultimate beer chugger, which is such a weird, you know, just paradox from what he's like normally. Not paradox, dichotomy from what he's like normally, right? I mean, Tom Brady's buttoned yeah. up, but he can chug a beer like he is sipping one drop of water out of a glass. 
he has I don't know what he does. He he like unhinges his jaw or opens up his gullet and it's just right down the hatch. I mean it's it's like the ziggy zaggy from the old man show. <laughs> yeah. Oi, 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 man. So David Bakhtiari just just punishes two pints of beer on the on the uh, big screen like he did. I think it was game two. They they went to him and he did it and then they go to Aaron Rodgers who's in the stands and sips it like a thirteen year old guy's first beer who has bitter beer face. It was embarrassing. It was it was like the old back in college where you had the 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 buddy in your group that wasn't you know as gifted as maybe guys like myself and Alex as far as chugging beer and he's putting his finger up like hold on I got this I got this. yeah totally he doesn't even finish it um, and I mean it was a it was a build up it was pretty much the Game of Thrones finale it was it was a big <laughs> build up you had Bakatari down two beers. You had NL MVP Christian Yelich, a baseball player, who down his beer with ease, and then there's there's old Aaron Rodgers uh, just taking his time. And then did you see this on? Uh, I think it was either Instagram or Twitter, where Matthew Stafford, was, yeah, uh, he was watching the game at some bar, and somebody sh- had a video of him just killing a beer. Yeah, with the Pilsner glass, like a beast. You know that you know that you know that he, with his body makeup, he doesn't miss many beers. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. He'll be there drinking all the beers. It's like the guy that you play flip cup with that you never want to be anchored because it always takes him too long to drink the beer and start oh, playing the God, game. Yeah. It's just the worst. It's the worst. It's liability. What did you say? He's a liability. It's a liability. <laughs> exactly. Your drinking team. Yeah. And I, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers blamed his performance on the beer master or something, the brewmaster. It's, it's never Aaron Rodgers' fault. So. Somebody was fired, probably. Oh, totally. Mike McCarthy's smiling somewhere. Like, man, I don't have to deal with that S anymore. I'm pretty happy about that. You know Mike McCarthy would, would have put it on a show. Oh, my as God. As far as the beer drinking. He would have done it while eating a hot dog. Who uh, who do you think for the Arizona Cardinals? I'm not seeing a lot of beer drinkers on the Arizona Cardinals that could equal that performance. I think you'd have to look to the offensive line. Uh, potentially for that, I, I don't. I don't know. Maybe like a J.R. Sweezy or a A.Q. Shipley. Maybe Mason Cole. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know who could put up big numbers in the beer chuck. <laughs> I um, I mean, I have a couple answers. Uh, the 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 best answer I'll leave till last. I think number one is Mason Cole. I mean, you go to a Big Ten school, you know how to drink beer. I mean, it's just yeah. it, it's like a prerequisite for all of your, your all of your classes. Have to be able to chug a beer under four seconds. So Mason Cole, and then number one is the guy they just traded away. Josh Rosen is probably the best chugger of beer. If you have a hot tub in your dorm room in college, you can chug a beer real fast. I mean, I think that's pretty pretty straightforward and obvious. I'm not sure if Kyler Murray, he seems more like a Whiskey Rocks guy. I don't know. I don't see him as, <laughs> as, as a, a beer chugging guy. He seems more sophisticated in his you know, uh, quieter demeanor. Kind of just more mysterious. I don't know. I don't think he's a beer chugger. Yeah, I don't either. I don't get that. Uh, I don't get the feeling from from him or any of his mates on the on the offense outside of the, those big hog mollies up front. Yeah, I mean, as far as his backfield, David Johnson, his wide receiver group. I don't know. Christian Kirk was lobbing rocks at the waste management open. I'm sure he had a couple beers that day. Yeah, if you can't hold your liquor, that's another thing that those that can chug beers the fastest can most likely hold their liquor the best. I think it goes one in the same because you don't want like if you're out at a party and you know that you're kind of 
you're, you get loopy quick. You don't want to be chugging beers after the first one. You'll be, you know, on the roof with your shirt off. Yeah. I, I think Max Williams, the new tight end that came over from Baltimore, he's a Big Ten guy too. Didn't he go to Minnesota? I think he'd be a good fit for beer chugging. Yeah. You know, I think they should have a, a beer chug off after they win their first game in the first four. It'll just it'll be a cause for celebration. Um, going back to the rushing numbers, so, Bo, what was the actual projection for Kyler Murray before we get out of here? Uh, he was going to rush the football, according to ESPN.com's fantasy football projections, 104 times for 577 yards. Okay, 577. So let me look. So I have Cam Newton and Russell Wilson's numbers. I'll do Cam Newton first because it's not going to be as uh, comparable because Cam Newton's rushing numbers, the amount of times he rushes the ball is astronomical. I mean, he he averages about 100 and 105, 107 rushes per season, but a lot of them are on third and shorts, goal line scenarios. So his rush... Rush average is right around five yards per average, but he really hits that number. Like, you don't see Cam Newton break off a 40-yard run. You just don't. I mean, he's he'll go off tackle by himself, he'll go up the middle because he's a physical specimen like the NFL has never seen from the quarterback position. Looking at Russell Wilson's, which is going to be closer comp, he's only rushed the ball over 100 times twice in his career. The, these numbers are absolutely bonkers. In 2014... He rushed the ball 118 times for 849 yards and six touchdowns. But for that, the longest was 55 yards. So that's what I'm talking about. Ru- Russell Wilson's big playability with his legs is astronomically greater than Cam Newton's. And I think Kyler Murray is going to be that because of the speedy Gonzalez nature that he's going to be running with. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. But Russell Wilson's only rushed for over 500 yards four times of his seven-year career, so it's over 50%. But it still shows that with Russell Wilson, how much he rushes the ball, it's still not the astronomical numbers that people expect when he because he rushes the ball so much. So uh, it, it, I think that's the right comp. I don't think Cam Newton's going to be the right one. And we'll see. Listen, if he can rush the ball over 500 yards, it'll make David Johnson's life easier. It'll make everybody's life easier because the defense will have to keep him honest with his legs. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the projected numbers. We'll see what happens with the Cardinals as a whole. Man, I hope that they can fill some fill some holes, uh, shore up this defensive line. I still think they should bring in a receiver. That's something where uh, Bo and I differ. But that's a wrap for us this week. We will check you guys on Monday, and uh, hopefully won't, Bo won't be drunk during the podcast. It'll be a nice, uh, <laughs> nice little reprieve from what we're used to. So, Bo, have yourself a good weekend, and we'll uh, talk to you guys on Monday. Uh-oh. Complete slander. Complete slander. Slander is only slander if it's incorrect. We'll check you guys on Monday.